0: Alfreda, Georgia. Welcome to the Prepare My Mission podcast, where our mission is to equip you for an effective mission trip abroad. We do that here by having honest conversations about what it looks like to live out our faith, not only on the international mission field, but here at home as well. Sitting across from me is my wife, Terry.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: I'm your host, CJ. And in this episode, we'll be discussing what evangelism looks like on a mission trip, Then we'll be answering a listener's question about non-religious mission trips. We'll give you our thoughts on those. Finally, we'll be updating you on what new content we have on our website. With that,
1: let's get started.
0: Well, Terry, this is the uh, like the fourth time we've <laughs> tried to chatter here. And then we realized that what we're chatting about is not very interesting. Like We just you know. have
1: nothing going on right now.
0: So, like, hey, yeah, we, uh, we painted that room yesterday. That was pretty awesome, wasn't well, it? Well,
1: that actually was pretty um, awesome.
0: So let's chat about that for okay. 10 minutes, and then we'll record back over so, this, realizing that it wasn't that interesting.
1: <laughs> hey, it was interesting to me. It was a big part of our day yesterday. So... What did we find that prompted us to completely paint our paint our downstairs sitting room?
0: We f- yeah, we got rearrange. some leather chairs. We found some leather Again, chairs. Again, stuff we're going to need to cut out in the editing later. But those are some great leather chairs. <laughs> so, so found them on consignment.
1: Yeah, uh, that's the way to go.
0: So they're old and out. vintage and heavily used already so and we, already broken in.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we found those and... Decided we need to repaint the room, too. Why not?
0: Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so we ha- we talked about the wedding two weeks ago. Uh-huh. We talked about painting this week.
1: Next this weekend's is- Memorial Day, so who knows what we're going to have in the next podcast. Oh, oh, man.
0: Well, do we need to record over this, or do we just want to keep on we'll rolling keep from going. here? Okay. Well, that's your update from <laughs> from our our home, our mm-hmm. lives. Aren't you glad you're listening? <laughs> uh, well... With that, uh, we'll jump into uh, our sponsor for this podcast. Uh, and if you've been listening over the past couple of months, you've heard this by now. But we're going to mention it again because we're really, really pumped and excited about this. This podcast is brought to you by the missions program at Bethany Global University. So, if you've just graduated, you know you're trying to figure out what am I going to do in the fall, or what am I going to do, uh, you know, for the spring semester. You know, am I going to take a year off? I don't know. Um, You need to give this a shot and check this program out. So here at Prepare My Mission, we're passionate about equipping you for an effective mission trip abroad. However, if you're ready to take the next step in your mission's journey, you need more than just our podcast. You need more than just our website. You need real life instruction, encouragement, and leadership, and that's where the missions program at Bethany Global University comes in. So they have a four year degree program where you can learn all about effective missions, and then you can literally put that uh, that studying into practice during that same four year program uh, because you can uh, because they have a sixteen month internship abroad. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So you're earning your degree while doing missions. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: and so if you're kind of in that lull trying to figure out right. what's next, visit preparemymission.com slash college. Maybe maybe that could be your next mm-hmm. step. Yeah. So, yeah, go check cool. that out. All right. Well, uh, that's it for your um, your. Palmer House painting update, and that's it for your sponsor message. We'll move on to our featured conversation, what does evangelism look like on a mission trip? Our answer might surprise you. What does evangelism look like on a mission trip? Before we jump into that conversation, if you have questions or uh, issues about missions or mission trips that you'd like us to talk about, let us know. You can email podcast at preparemymission.com, and we'll use that in an upcoming episode of the podcast. So we're talking about evangelism today, Terry, mm-hmm. uh, and we have uh, we have a few steps on how to evangelize on mission trips that we're going to get to later, mm-hmm. but first, let's just talk about our experiences with evangelism in the past, like what we've experienced. So what's evangelism looked like for you, uh, both locally or, and internationally, what does that look like?
1: Um, I mean, I know in the past for me, um, a lot of it is just the door to door type of, um, structure, I guess, you know, um, here
0: and abroad or just abroad.
1: Um, more so abroad. Okay. Um, it's really you. You have a time frame. You know, we're going to evangelize this day of the week, for from twelve to two. You know, or yeah. however long, or for an hour. And and um, for me specifically, uh, I know when I was in Kenya. You know, a lot of it was we would just kind of go from groups of people. You know, as they're out doing their laundry and, and things. I mean, essentially going from, you know, little. Hut to hut, or right. you know, yeah. wherever you door are, door to door, door, to door um, and just you kind of run down your evangelism, your gospel, and share it, and ask if they believe and want to pray, and then they pray if they do, and then you move on. Yeah. So I think that's internationally what I've experienced.
0: So I, I've experienced the same thing, you know, in, in previous in previous trips, especially when I was just getting involved in missions. Um, and going for the first couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, we would always break into groups and basically we'd have, all right, you're gonna We have 10 people that mm-hmm. are going to work in school, 10 people that are doing construction and 10 people that are doing evangelism. Right. I never picked the evangelism group. Right. So I never actually did that part of it, uh, mm-hmm. on those first couple of trips that I went on. Um, because one, it sounded weird Two, I didn't know what I was doing three. I didn't want to have to talk. Right. Uh, and, um, yeah, that's that's kind of it, and I just thought it was. But I knew what they were doing, and they were doing exactly what you were doing, just kind right. of going door to door, presenting the gospel, right. sharing, and uh, you know, praying. Right. Right. And what I I think that where I'd like to start, at least with this yeah. conversation, is how interestingly different that is from the way we do it here in the United States, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Um. And we're not. We're just having a conversation, so we're not going to get everything right Right. here or theologically correct probably here. But how um, you obviously have some faiths that go door to door frequently, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as, you know, Christianity, especially kind of just general non-denominational Christianity, uh, we've moved away from that a lot in this culture. We don't really go door to door. Um, And I I think that's good. There's what do you something think? to
1: that. Yeah. What do you
0: think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think that, I mean, obviously part of it is when you're on an international trip, you do have such a short time frame that you're there for the most part. That's a good point. Um, so I think a lot of the structure around evangelism is really just based on that. Just um, a lack of time? Yeah. I, I think, you know, you you want to, as a team, you want to fit it all in. You know, you want to give it all of those aspects an opportunity. Um, yeah, But
0: just yeah. like the, the idea that we're trying to fit it all in just mm-hmm. means like, OK, so we're we're not really doing giving our best here. We're right. just we're just trying to hit all the high points and you fit it all in. I don't yeah. know. It just seems it seems a little funny.
1: Right. Well, and, and it is interesting that that's not how we do it here, you know, yeah. here. I mean, and I know we'll probably get into this, but the focus is very different on how you approach those conversations um, so
0: it is, so in our culture, it's just, it's very, uh, uh, I don't want to say offensive, that's too strong of a word, but it's like, uh, you know, just going door to door uh, and, or just, you know, from person to person on the street and, off, you know, offering to share your faith is almost like too intrusive might be mm, the right word. It's yeah. just like, oh, what well, are you pe- doing? I
1: think a lot of people these days now kind of have their box, you know, but right. people are very private here. Um, and I've noticed this since we've, you know become adults, essentially. I mean, you don't notice it as much when you're a We're student. Adults. <laughs> when you're a student in college, because, you know, all your everything is social in college, right. you know, but once you kind of get out of that and move into we have jobs, we have a home now, like you start to notice people are very private and right. um, not everybody's very open about what they believe, what they don't believe, why they don't believe it. You know, right. what, what is it so, that's turned them off? You know, the
0: question is, I guess, then, is it OK to have two different systems for different countries? Like in the United States, we do it this way. And in this country, we do it this way because cultures are different. Or is it because um, either we're not bold enough here mm-hmm. to do it t- uh, with our that's friends and question. neighbors, yeah, that's a good point. And we're fine doing it abroad because, hey, we're never going to meet these people again. Right. Or is it just because, hey, no, these other cultures are just a lot more open and accepting and inviting of you to come into the, your, their home and and you mm-hmm. share with them. Yeah. Like, I'm not. If someone knocks on my door to talk about religion, I'm not letting you in. We're not. I'm not making you tea, and we're not <laughs> yes. going to sit down I mean, and that's talk not about not that common, because for we're, sure. we're just not going to do that. Right. And is it because? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like is it because what, it what just doesn't the, work in our culture, or is it because it just doesn't work?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, um, I, I think it's both. Okay. okay. To answer your question, just straight up. I think it's a little bit of both. I think, yeah, we are, I think, kind of, clo- not closed off, but we, we don't like the idea of doing the door-to-door here. Right. Um, you know, whether it's because we don't think it's effective or because we're and it has a not it just bold, it has a know?
0: bad connotation to it. Right. You know, it has the feeling of the guy standing on the this the yeah. corner at the, the sporting event that's you know, shouting, you know, to
1: yeah, repent repair. Right. 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 A lot of I mean that's that's what people automatically I I think in their minds relate to right. when they think about it, you know. But I also think that, you know, that type of evangelism especially when it's international a lot of it is is really just relying on the holy spirit to to make the change you know because ultimately we can't change somebody and you can't impact somebody but you can trust that the truth of the message will either trigger something you know for them to think about and sometimes you know especially internationally sometimes that's that's all you can do as a, an international missions team is give them the truth, but I think the important thing is, is to make sure there are there's a system in place that's following up on these decisions.
0: So I, I totally, I am with you that it's an interesting conversation. <laughs> is, I'm with you that you know ultimately it's it's going to come down to what happens at like it, the Holy Spirit right. working through you, and you know we're going to talk about this a little in a few minutes, but. You know, you're planting the seeds that hopefully God will will mm-hmm. will grow, right? But is the most effective way to plant those seeds to go door to door, or is it something else, or is it, or is it, is it more relational than that? You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, what's the best way to to plant those seeds? Yeah. And I would, uh, I guess I'm kind of getting into what I think now. And again, you know, it's it's gonna your your opinion may differ, and right. that's okay. And I'm open to being corrected and you know being adjusted, but like I think that um, evangelism is needs to we need to err on the side of being too relational than to uh, I guess uh, to door to door. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Right. You see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. It, it's a very I think especially in our generation now. I mean, it's much more of a relational conversation. A relationship you're building. Um, what I wa- what I was thinking when I was talking about the international, you know, people following up, and I think this goes back to that relational aspect of it. Is um, like I know when when I was in when we were in Kenya and doing the evangelism. Mm-hmm. What we would make sure we would do is bring along, you know, obviously the local pastor that we we partnered with, and what yeah. he would do is, is anybody that made a decision or so showed interest, we would get their information, and they the had, a, yeah, they had a follow up system. And That's good, you know, and I think that's that's their way of, of building the relational conversations afterward. Yeah, um, but I think for they're almost I,
0: using you as an American to, op- to open uh, the door. As like a an artifact to, <laughs> uh, to to hang out with or just to, as a unique experience mm-hmm. yeah. uh, to open that door maybe.
1: Right. But I will say, and this changes to what, what I think you were getting into. Yes. We also, you know, th- that was fine, and we would do that once a week or whatever. Um, I never really learned any names, you know. Right. Um, so for me, it was not a relational thing. But we also, when I was there, worked with um, Street Boys And these were the boys that we were building relationships with. Right. And the approach with them was very different. Um, These were boys that had a lot of physical needs, spiritual needs, emotional needs. You know, they had a lot of needs, but we were just investing in them as a relationship, building relationship, building trust with them. Right. Um, And, you know, in the hopes of eventually you know, showing, you know, showing the love of Christ through that relationship, essentially. Yeah. So. so
0: I came up with these, uh, with six steps to evangelize on a mission trip. Um, and I'll throw these out at you and you can respond and whether or not, how, how do you feel about it? And yeah. because it does push back on the door to door. It thing. does. Um, so, you know, I, because I just put myself in their shoes, right? Because yeah. these are, these are real normal people. It's right. not like, it's, it's not like, you know, different cultures or different, you know, species of, of, it's not like we're all different. We have the same minds. And so I feel like, you know, if someone came to my here and I'm in the, I'm at home and I'm eating a turkey sandwich and someone comes in speaking broken English, trying to teach me about Jesus uh, and that I need forgiveness for my sins, that'd be a very weird lunch, Right. you know? And so my six steps are based on something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the first step, uh, the first step to practical evangelism on your mission trip uh, that doesn't involve just going door to door is to lead with your actions. Right. So number one is lead with your actions. And what I mean by that is when you're on your mission trip, you need to focus on the project that your team is working on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's an old saying uh, that I think is really true in evangelism, and it goes, people don't care how much you know, until they know how much you care right people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care mm-hmm. so when you are putting yourself out there and getting sweaty and dirty and painting mm-hmm. and doing construction or doing you know digging a well or doing something right. that betters the community all of a sudden you have positioned yourself as someone that cares mm-hmm. and really um, values their community right. Um, And someone that cares about you and loves you and values you, you are going to be so much more willing to listen to. Yeah. Uh, So that's the first step is to lead with your actions. Do you have any thoughts there?
1: No, I mean, I agree with that. Um, Definitely. I think that sets the whole stage, you know. I mean, you're not going to give second thought to somebody who's just coming in and not thinking about you, you know. So,
0: So, yeah, I mean... um, yeah, so I'll, I'll move on to step two. Do you want to? I know you have my notes in front of you, <laughs> the, the steps that I came sure. up with. Well, what's What's the second step? Um, and do you agree with it?
1: Well, yeah, and this is one I was just, we were kind of touching on, but it's starting a relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, especially when you're there and on the same job site or on the same community or in the same community for a week or 10 days, yeah. you're going to have multiple opportunities to have conversations with one or two people. Um, and so, The first conversation you have with somebody doesn't have to be, do you believe in Jesus? Right. You know, I mean, you don't have to jump right into that. And I think it's just about starting a relationship, learning about the person. Uh, What do they like? Who are they? Where do they come from? You know? Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah. My approach to this is basically, these are six steps that work pretty much anywhere in the world. Locally, internationally, internationally. yeah, so that yeah. was kind of my thought process behind this. You know, I, I, I wanted it to be a system that can, can work anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and just because you have a shorter amount of time, maybe 10 days, maybe a week or two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean that this isn't possible. So just starting right. a relationship, like you said, um, you know, starting a friendship, finding uh, a couple of people that kind of look close to you in age, mm-hmm. you're going to gravitate and see the same people all throughout the week. Um, you know, you're not going to get to know 200 people's names. You're going to get to know three or four or five. Yeah. Um, the rest, you're going to kind of forget and be like, oh, can, you know, you, you know what I mean? But focusing on a couple, uh, and starting that relationship. Yeah. I think that's good. So the third step is to ask real questions. So maybe you're a few days into your trip, maybe you're halfway through, you're getting to know a few locals pretty well. Um, you know, it's okay to push and dive a little deeper. You know, after you get past the, you know, how many how many people live in your family? Right. Where do you live from here? You know, uh, what grade are you in? That kind of a thing. It's okay to to push and be like, you know, so, you know, do you, do you still have both your parents?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, uh,
0: you know, what's a, are you you know, how's school going? Right. Is it pretty hard? Is it pretty hard here for you? Yeah, and you th- know that kind of a thing. Yeah,
1: and I think with that one too, it, it's it's, you'll find that you'll find a common ground too. Oh yeah. With people. Um, and I think sh- opening up to them as well, not just sitting down, expecting them to
0: right. pour out their life to you, That's a but good sharing
1: point. things in your life, you know, finding a, con- if you, if there's something that they share that triggers, Oh my gosh, yeah. This one time, you know, share that.
0: Yeah. And if you're a, and that goes back to finding someone that kind of looks close to you mm-hmm. in age. So if you're a student, find another student and yeah. be like, find common ground. Like, Oh right. man, you, you, you're terrible at math, so am I. <laughs> or if you're an adult, you know, finding that man or woman uh, that looks close to you in age and like, oh, you know, how many kids do you have? Oh, right. yeah, I've got two of my own.
1: You know, right. and sharing yeah, that common ground
0: common, uh, is huge in yeah. any friendship. That's what oh, friendships yeah. are based right. on.
1: That's true. Any kind of relationship is based on commonality, you know, so, so look for that.
0: So number one, uh, lead with your actions. Two, start a relationship. Three, ask questions ask real questions, mm. what's the fourth step? And this is where we start pushing a little yeah, bit.
1: Yeah, this this is offering to pray for them um, or for a situation in their life. Um, you know, and, and not everybody's going to have some crazy dramatic life event that they're going through, but right. somebody all you always need prayer about something. Um, and if not, then just praying blessing over somebody. I think, you know, don't use the excuse of, because I, I think this is what I can tend to do is, oh, they, they seem like they're doing okay. They probably don't need any prayer. But you can always pray bl- a blessing over someone. Um, but I think just offering that and opening that door yeah. for them uh, will go a long way. It's you
0: know, kind of at the end of the day or the end of the conversation. You just, you know, hey, you know, all right, well, I'll see you tomorrow. But hey, uh, really quickly, can I just pray over you really yeah. quickly? And who's gonna who's going to say no to that? Right. Uh, and it's just a really easy way to share your faith without being awkward or without being mm-hmm. confrontational or without being like, "Hey, before I see you tomorrow, um, if you were to die tonight, how what would you?" Right. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Without being weird. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I think that's good, and you know, I think sometimes it's good to remember that the purpose of prayer is that we believe God hears us, and not just to. Because I think sometimes we can approach situations like this, like, okay, I'm gonna ask them what I can pray for because I want them to know I'm a Christian. You know, like you you and I don't know if you do this, but sometimes you can kinda almost be like make it really complicated in the sense right. of, all right, I'm gonna pray for them and you you get yourself worked up. You know, it's it's a little nerve wracking. Right. You know, um but approaching it
0: Especially if you start it with Lord thank you for this food. <laughs> ah dang it <laughs>
1: Right. Um, but I think sometimes it's, I mean,
0: thank you for this friend. Right. This friend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, but I think it's good to remember that, you know, approaching prayer in the, in the sense that you believe that prayer is powerful, you know, and that you are really, you're not just praying over this person for this person for the sake of doing it. You, you really do believe in what you're praying for them, you know, and, I don't know. I just think that's an important thing to remember when you are praying over people. Yeah. So.
0: You want me to do the next one?
1: Yeah, number five.
0: So after you offer to pray, and hopefully that goes all right. And, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, the next step is, we're kind of getting to the end of this here, but uh, of the steps, but hang out often. So continue to hang out with those few people that you've connected with throughout your trip. Continue to ask real real questions. Continue to offer to, to pray when it's appropriate. And if it really gets to, to feeling appropriate, kind of share part of your story and share your testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you hang out, the more likely you'll find yourself in a situation to, to genuinely share your faith
1: yeah.
0: uh, without it feeling forced, without yeah. it feeling like you're just throwing this out mm-hmm. there out of out of left field. It'll feel more natural. Yeah. Um, and I'll just jump to the last step as well, uh, which is to have realistic expectations. That's the sixth step. After you hang out often, number six, have realistic expectations and realize that you may not see someone's spiritual life completely change during the five days or seven right. days you hang out. Um, I mean, th- think about... You know, your spiritual, spiritual, spiritual journey and how, how it's slow. Yeah. Um, is it possible that someone could turn their life to Christ during their week here abroad or for 200 people to mm-hmm. turn their life to Christ the week here abroad? Absolutely. Um, but I think it's more likely that the conversations you have
1: mm-hmm. will
0: be like we we're initially talking right. about be the seeds that God will use to grow slowly yeah. over time.
1: Yeah. And that's true. And I mean, I can attest to this and there are a handful of people that I walked with, you know, throughout middle and high school. And I know this, that was so long ago, but they didn't necessarily, I didn't see any sort of faith change in them, but now seeing who they are and where they are, I can definitely see where God was planting seeds in their life all along. Yeah, You know, so even here, I mean, I know tip technically we're talking about international, you know, but, but like you said, you want this to be something that can be followed anywhere. Right. Even here, you may only walk with a person, a friend, you have a relationship with someone for a season of life, but planting those seeds is so key for them yeah. and you don't even know it, you know um, So don't don't let you know, any sort of growth or lack of growth, be motivation right you know what i mean so i think that's good
0: so anyways like i was saying these these six steps kind of step on the toes a little little bit of the door-to-door evangelism that we've been a part of in the past And not that that's a bad way to do it this is just a different way to do it Mm -hmm. and i would love for i think it'd be really cool if you know not that someone's doing research on this but like follow like following up on these door-to-door things that sometimes mm-hmm. we get to the end of the day and we're like wow we visited uh hundred homes and we had 75 people come to Christ right well what are those real conversions or or, or is that just kind of like and
1: do they have somebody yeah that's you know what saying I mean? how because as a new conversion what's next you know right and so yeah I think
0: just following up like are those Those still real, or was that just something in the moment, and to to build us all up and make us feel like we're doing something, or is it more relational than than we Mm -hmm. have been a part of it than than what we've been a part of in the past? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I just think of, you know, it's kind of a weird, not weird, but just like I think about the way that Jesus did his ministry, and he preached a lot. But he also invested heavily in just a few people. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't really know what happened to uh, all the people he preached to, obviously. You know, I'm yeah. sure that some came to faith and some walked away, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. That hurt and were, were kind of, you know, turned off right. by it or whatever. But then we know that the group he continually poured into are the ones that um, the that the ones that ones he invested in relationally are the ones that became strong faith believers in, mm-hmm. in pioneered the, right. the faith. Right. Yeah. Um, so just from that standpoint, you know, I, I think that as a long-term evangelism solution, investing in, uh, a, a handful of people rather than as many people as we possibly can, uh, is the way to do it.
1: Yeah. That's good. <laughs> I
0: don't know. So those are my thoughts. Your mileage may vary. Do you have any closing thoughts?
1: No, I I mean I think I've pretty much said, <laughs> said all mine.
0: Yeah, I kind of got my stood up on a soapbox there for a minute. I think it's the heat in here. Yeah, it's I warm. think we forgot to turn on the air conditioning before we, we yeah, recorded.
1: It's pretty hot in here.
0: Um so I'll, I feel I'll a little I'll,
1: lightheaded. I'll blame it
0: on the heat, right? <laughs> all right. So with that, we will move on. Uh, do you have any nothing else, right? No, nope, I'm good. Uh, b- I'm jumping ahead of myself. Yes. If you disagree or you have a different uh, take or a different step that you think we missed or something like that, you can uh, you can email us CJ at preparemymission.com or Terry at preparemymission.com. Uh, you can also engage with us on all social media. Tweet at us. Um, message us whatever we'd love to start a conversation with you about this again we don't have it all together we're just <laughs> two people two opinions and and two perspectives on this yep. so with that we will move on to our listener question for the week keep listening This week's listener question comes from Lydia. Lydia emailed and asked, I have a friend that is interested in going on a mission trip, but doesn't like the religious part of mission trips. She says she would love to go on a trip, but doesn't want to be part of a faith group. Are there non-religious mission trips out there, and should I help her find one? What do you think?
1: (laughs) I'm giving you a blank stare. (laughs) I know you kind of researched okay. on this. Someone let so, you take it.
0: A friend that's interested in going on a mission trip doesn't like the religious part, so it's really a service trip, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or a relief trip, something like that. Are there non religious mission trips out there, that, I, and should I help her find one? Uh, there are non religious trips out there, but first, uh, we've talked about this a little bit mm-hmm. before. I would urge her to join your trip. Yeah. So we've talked about. Uh, in the past that we think it's a good idea for non-religious people to go on mission trips in moderation, right? Right. Um, You know, if there are a couple of people, you know, you have to be wise about it, but uh, it's okay to have a couple of people on your team that are questioning faith. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that God can use that to um, really open up their minds and hearts. And obviously, you don't want them on the evangelism team, Going right. door to door, right? Right.
1: Uh, but maybe they can do, uh,
0: maybe they can work on some construction or be part of a, a, a crafts right. thing at the school or something. So I urge your friend to join your trip because uh, that would be really cool. And you can just say, hey, I want you to come with me. And yeah. if she and if she says or he says, uh, I don't want to because I'm not religious, you can say tough, you're going to come <laughs> with me. Um, but if they really don't want to be associ- associated with a church church, or faith, I totally get that, uh, and I would still help help him find a non-religious mission mm-hmm. trip for the same reason. Just that maybe God will use that to open up his or her eyes to right. um, to something bigger. Um, so non-religious mission trips are usually uh, relief trips um, because there's no faith or spiritual aspect to them. You're usually only focusing on addressing physical needs and concerns. Right. Um, You can obviously Google non-religious mission trips and see what pops up. But one of the most popular ones is called CrossCulturalSolutions.org. So that's CrossCulturalSolutions.org. They would be cool to go with because uh, they focus on development. So usually most trips are, you know, if you go through the Red Cross or, you know, this organization, that organization that's not uh, faith-based. Mm-hmm. Um, they're kind of going and addressing these immediate concerns. Right. Uh, CrossCulturalSolutions.org goes and does development work Very cool. um, just without any religion or faith attached. That's so that would be a cool one to check out. Yeah. Do you have anything to add there? Did I just run through that?
1: No, that's good.
0: Okay. Well, if you have a question that you'd like answered, you can email us at podcast at com. When you email questions to that email address, it lets us know that you're cool with us talking about it. Mm. Uh, or send us a message on Twitter or Facebook. We'll chat with you there. Or Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happening on the website? This conversation that we just had was based on our new article, Six Practical Steps to Evangelize on Your Mission Trip Without Being Awkward. <laughs> So we just outlined that for you. You just listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to check out a an easily shareable version, uh, you can visit preparemymission.com slash awkward, and that will pull up the article for you. Anything else?
1: No, that's good.
0: Oh, man, we, ch- we chatted <laughs> a pretty long time. Yes, we did. Uh, don't hate us if you disagree. Just, just,
1: It's all right. We can disagree. Yeah. And, no hard or convince me because
0: I'm I'm open. Yeah, I mean it's just my.
1: I mean I felt differently five years ago than I do now. You know I mean you're about big, what
0: evangelism yeah, or just like a lot
1: of things. You know, you, like you,
0: ice cream flavors.
1: <laughs> well, that too.
0: <laughs> you've been buying a lot of mint chocolate chip lately.
1: I like mint chocolate. It's so refreshing. It's a departure in the from
0: cookie dough, which you've been set on in the past.
1: <laughs> uh, those are really my only two flavors.
0: So. We were on a pretty heavy cookie dough oh, binge, cookie and now dough. you've, you've mm-hmm. kind of s- switched to yeah. mint chocolate chips, Just pretty much all up you a buy. Little bit. Um, so you have changed. You have. <laughs> you have. All right. And that's it for this episode of the podcast. We'll have another podcast for you two Tuesdays from now, which is June 2nd, 2015. Uh, if you are uh, a student and you're interested in learning more about the missions program uh, at Bethany Global University, which we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, don't forget to check out preparemymission.com college, and we'll tell you all about why we are really jazzed about their program. Uh, you can find the show notes for this podcast, uh, as well as previous episodes of the podcast. So if you've been missing out or you're a new listener, Go check out some of the other stuff we've talked about. Talk about everything from fundraising to other to, stuff. Yeah. I can't even remember. I can't remember. Even think
1: of it in that bad?
0: We've, this is episode 27. We've had 26 other conversations. Yes. Some of them better than others.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, but you can find all those at preparemymission.com slash podcast. Finally, if you visit our homepage, preparemymission.com, you'll find links to our Facebook our our Twitter, our Instagram, our Pinterest page. So whatever social media you prefer, we're on there hanging out with you. So you can connect with us uh, and be encouraged by posts and tweets and find out what new content we're adding to the site. And that's it, right? Yeah. Until next time, I'm CJ. And I'm Terry. And thank you for listening.